0: Hey everyone, my name is Jake, and welcome to the other side of the table. Listen in to hear a different side speak. Alrighty, so today we're going to be talking about a victim mentality and kind of exploring why it's beneficial and why it's not. Um, and today I'm here with Josh. If you wouldn't mind introducing yourself. What's and, up. Yeah. Sure. Well, I'm Josh.
1: You already said it. I go to BYU. Mm-hmm. Study business. We met at a table outside the Wilkinson Center. Yeah. You write the sign. Remember what the sign
0: said? It was like... It just said, Trump or Biden, come and chat. That's all it said.
1: Yeah. And I was with my friend. I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> the rest is history. Now we're best friends. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good
0: stuff. <laughs> yeah. So what would you say your idea on the victim mentality is? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean,
1: victim mentality, I think it's like one of the biggest problems mm-hmm. in America or in the world. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's all in your mind. Like, The way I think about it, I talk about this a lot with people I work with, is that the victim mentality, it's really—it's calling yourself the victim. It's saying, I can't choose what happens to me, but Mm -hmm. my external circumstances dictate my life. Mm -hmm. It makes you powerless. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's been a topic on my mind the last year or so, partly because of my job and partly because I just see lots of people blaming the government Mm-hmm. Or a politician that they've never, ever talked to, nor mm-hmm. will they ever talk to. Yeah. Just blaming some obscure figure people for their problem. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's white people or, or black people mm-hmm. or Christians or atheists. I just, it's something I've shared with my life before as well. I, I'm sympathetic to it, but mm-hmm. I just think the more people take responsibility for their own problems, their own lives, I just think the happier they are. mm
0: mm-hmm. So what do you mean by like take personal responsibility for their lives? Do you mean like, because I mean, it's a big problem that sometimes due to external circumstances, people cannot succeed. Why do you say that? Because let's take, just take a business example. Sure. Um, a lot of people try to start up a business, correct? Sure. And through that endeavor, they actually meet real challenges. Like let's say the market crashes, sure. their business goes under. That's an external circumstance that puts them in a victim state. Or let's say um, they picked the wrong place. Maybe their business due to wildfires or whatever was burned down. Mm-hmm. Or some scam of... I don't know. There's a lot of different reasons why a person might be victimized. Sure. Um, which can be said that um, they need to take personal responsibility for it and like own up to their mistakes. But sometimes things happen that are really outside of our control. Mm-hmm. And so by that... Idea. How do you get out of that victim mentality? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think part of it is like it's my some counterintuitive, but I think part of it is just accepting that there are some things outside your control, mm-hmm. right? Like I can't control who wins the presidential election mm-hmm. or if I'll be taxed sixty two percent of my income. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to stop me from trying to hit my goals, mm-hmm. Right my financial goals, my sales goals, business goals, school goals, like. It's not going to stop me, Mm -hmm. you know, and say that, so for example, we're BYU students, Mm -hmm. right? You have a goal to get a degree, right? I do too, kind of, (laughs) just kidding. I do. But like, say the BYU burned down and ceased Mm -hmm. to exist, right? I mean, are you going to get a degree? No. Mm -hmm. But what can you say about yourself? Like, you know, yeah, I did my best. Mm -hmm. I was going to get my degree before it burned down. Yeah. Before it ceased to exist. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like, I just feel like regardless of how you say it, the more you take responsibility of your own life, the less you feel victimized because say that I open a bakery and Antifa burns the forest down Mm -hmm. and the bakery goes under, like, I can't, I just, I tried. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like why go into something saying, Oh, it's this person's fault. It's that person's fault. I think just, really being honest with yourself and knowing what you can control and what you can't. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah.
0: And I feel like a lot of people do have that kind of mentality where they feel like their life is their own and that they can make choices in order to make it better or worse. It's your inner locus of control versus your external locus. Have you ever studied yeah. psychology? Yeah. Cool. I've I've dabbled in it and my wife studies psychology. so we Okay, she probably does more than me. Yeah, she she's okay. the expert at it. Cool. Um, but it honestly, I feel like a lot of it boils down to people feel like a lot of the systems we have in place are oppressive in a way. Like let's say, let's, for example, one thing that's talked about a lot is student, student debt. Sure. Is that if you want to go to a top tier college, there's no possible way you can do that without being in debt. Mm-hmm. And these debts are years and years, take years and years to pay off. Sure. Like I remember, um, when my dad came home one day, I'm, I'm in high school, mm-hmm. um, and he says, I have finally paid off my student debt.
1: <laughs> what your dad do?
0: He's He went to Wharton Business College. Oh, cool. And he also studied at BYU. Nice. And UCSD. And so you kind of think about how um, costly that could be. Like UCSD is a $20,000 a year school mm-hmm. or so. Well, now it is. Sure. Um, BYU is cheaper, but still. less, yeah. Yeah. It's still money. And then sure. Wharton is one of the top business schools in the country. Wharton, that's... Harvard, um, and it's that one of the Ivy Leagues. It's um, I th- it's Penn State University of Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. They're
1: not Ivy League, they're up there, right? No, they are Ivy League. Oh, are they okay? Um, at okay.
0: least for their I think they are. Hmm. I don't know. They're I East Coast, one of those, yeah. In the ranking of top tier business schools, Wharton is number one, Harvard is number two. Um, or at least that's how it was when my dad had an argument with a Harvard grad. <laughs> <laughs> and so, we love those. Yeah. And, and so, you kind of think about student debt in a way that it really does oppress a lot of people and sure. it does consume people's lives. Credit card debt, just debt in general. Like, who, who forced you to go take on that debt? Well, some would say that a college education is required in order to succeed in today's life. So, uh, that's not true at all. Well, is it though? When well, you... I mean,
1: like, I guess it depends on like what success means to you, right? I mean, exactly. if you're, like if you're going to be a a doctor, mm-hmm. course, you need a college education. I mean, if you're going to be a business person, if you're an entrepreneur, you don't need college. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I I study entrepreneurial management. That's my program. Yeah, it's a great program. I learn good things mm-hmm. when I study. Right. Yeah. Which is rare, but like, <laughs> but it's like, I'll, I'll have time. I sit in class and think. You know, like. I could just be doing this. So I, I sell past control like mm-hmm. lots of guys in Pro do. Yeah. it's kind of the thing to do. Yeah. But like I learn more doing that than I do kind of in school. Mm-hmm. And part of that's my choice. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, I mean, there's so many ways to succeed. Like, I think it's just, I think it, it how do I say this? Um, pragmatically what's that word? I have no idea. <laughs> Pragmatically? That sounds right in my head. Probably, I'm an engineer, not an English major. Probably wrong, <laughs> but like diplomatically, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think it's, if you think that you need a college degree to succeed in life, I think you're just kind of closing off so many options. And mm-hmm. you know, look at like construction management, home improvement, Trade schools, guys that go that route can make so much more money than college grads. They don't take on debt, mm-hmm. and so I, I, like I don't think there's anything wrong with going to school mm-hmm. and taking on lots of debt, even business school and taking on lots of debt. Mm-hmm. But like for me, like if you do it, then just go do it and make sure you have a plan to pay off your debt. I was talking to my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, just a couple of days ago. He's actually in Moscow. Mm-hmm. So he's getting his master's right now. He's thinking about getting his PhD in the, in the States. Mm-hmm. He's either want to go to Stanford or he's looking at a couple of schools, mm-hmm. like a couple that are really up there mm-hmm. um, for I think engineering, something like that, something, mm-hmm. something smart. <laughs> but um, he was like, yeah, like if I go to Stanford, it's basically a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And he's like, yeah, hey, I was like, I'm just trying to decide if I wanna take that on. And he's mm-hmm. like, Well, I know I'll pay it off. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Well, yeah, I mean, it's a decision you're going to make. Like, you know, go into debt and pay it off. And, you know, be patient with yourself mm-hmm. or find another way. Yeah. Because if you want to make $100,000, you can do it. There's plenty of ways. Yeah. Right. But don't act like someone's forcing you to take on debt. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go get a mid tier job really anywhere. Mm-hmm. Say you're making 50 a year, just save a certain amount of money a year and then, then go do it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. either way, it takes some patience, but like just consider that in your mind. I think, I just, I think a lot of people just go to college because they kind of just feel pressure to, it's like the thing mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. I, and by the way, I'm not anti-college at mm-hmm. all. Obviously I'm in college. Yeah. But like for me, I just feel like just know what you're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I have friends that are in similar situations. I have friends that, our college have 80k plus in debt mm-hmm. and they're paying it off yeah and they complain about it and my my biggest thing is just don't complain like own mm-hmm. up to your decision and don't complain
0: yeah yeah and that's kind of the hard decision is like um because i i feel like in in life debt is inevitable as much as we wish to stay out of it i feel like Home ownership, like a mortgage, that is technically counted as debt. Sure. Because I mean, it's a monthly payment Technically,
1: you can choose not to, but... yes, yeah, I, yeah. I get your point. I get your point.
0: And, like, you can make the argument that a mortgage Most of us will probably take on the mortgage. Yeah, now. like, yeah, a mortgage sure. is better than renting an apartment because you do have ownership in a mortgage. Mm-hmm. It's an and asset. It is. And, uh, but, I mean, all these things is that this, there's, like, a, a system sure. where if you play the system right, you can achieve. Sure. And... Some people just don't know how to, hmm. and that's where I feel like the victim mentality comes from. Yeah. Is because, like, let's say I'm I'm poor. I'm from the, like, the middle of West Inglewood, which is pretty much the ghetto. It's a very Who's that. Where's that? Um, do you know Compton? Like. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, so okay. Compton is West. I think West Inglewood. Inglewood is the city. <laughs> Compton is a part of it. Okay, gotcha. And so. Compton is like let's say I'm I'm from Compton and I want to succeed in life, hmm. but I don't have the resources available to. What don't you have? For example, connections, a network. A network is crucial in business because it's hmm. all about who you know and not what you know.
1: It's about who knows you.
0: Exactly, and so yeah, as as someone who doesn't have any of those connections, and as someone who is not known, sure. Um, how does one? Get rid of that victim mentality and pull themselves out of their situation because sure. they can't – when they're young, they can't choose where they live. Sure. It's up to their parents. And if their parents have made poor decisions right. or have put themselves in that position right, um, or have felt like someone else put them in that position, then they'll grow up feeling like my situation is inevitable and will be this bad situation. Yeah. And so it's kind of like a snowball effect. Like let's say I'm unsuccessful and then I get bitter or I feel like someone else put me in this place, um, rightfully or wrongfully so. And then I teach my kids that I am in the situation I am Mm -hmm. because someone else forced me to. And then I'm essentially teaching my kids there is a system that wants to oppress you. And some people have valid claims to that. Sure. And so it's kind Uh, of – I
1: your question, yeah.
0: Yeah. And so like how does one – break uh, out of that? How does one so, move on from that? Oh, such a good question. <laughs>
1: such a good question. So I think it has a lot to do with, you ever, you ever studied the law of attraction?
0: Um, I've heard of it. I don't know much about it. Explain. Sure.
1: So essentially, the law of attraction is just saying that like, what you think about determines your reality. Mm-hmm. And the only people I know who don't believe in the law of attraction are the people who have never really practiced it. Okay. Okay. So, so like I said, so I do sales I know tons of people. I know Dozens of people who grew up in basically the situation you're describing. Mm-hmm. Poor, broken families, this and that. Mm-hmm. And they grew up with these scripts. I call that like kind of your scripts, your inner dialogue, what you tell yourself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a lot of times you can't control what scripts you're brought up with. You can't control how your parents talk to you. Yeah. Or what decisions they made or what your parents' habits are, right? Mm-hmm. I was fortunate to grow up in a home where my parents, you know, yeah, I love my parents. They had some good habits, some bad habits, some mm-hmm. things I'm replicating, some things I'm learning from, but you can always change your script. Mm-hmm. So like my parents, you know, again, I love them. Mm-hmm. They, they, they were pretty well off, but there's other aspects of the scripts, things that they taught me that just kind of transmuted into my own brain. Cause you hear them every day, mm-hmm. things that I, I don't agree with. I don't want to be part of my head. And I've, Throwing them out. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so there's a few ways that I've learned how to do that. First way is, you know what affirmations are? Yeah. Yeah. So affirmations are a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So really thinking about what you want in your life and mm-hmm. telling yourself you're going to get it. Yeah. Okay. It's huge in business. Mm-hmm. Cause it's all about your self-belief. Mm-hmm. Now, do you, you ever watch Shark Tank? Yeah. Occasionally. So Damon, Damon John on Shark Tank, mm-hmm. he's the African-American guy. He did FUBU, mm-hmm. which... I don't know if it was just shoes, some kind of clothing thing, but I mean, he had to the story you're describing grew up in your city. Mm-hmm. You know, for him, you could look and say, yeah, victim mentality, broken family, dirt poor, how's he going to get out of it? Mm-hmm. Now he's a, I don't even know, million, hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't know what his net worth is, yeah. but he's worth a ton of money, right? Mm-hmm. I and mean, it's just those scripts you tell yourself. I mean, and I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to say it's it's fair. Mm-hmm. You know, is it fair that I grew up in a home where my parents pushed getting a college education and getting good grades and some other kid grew up with just one parent who smoked crack all the time and yeah. didn't care if they were a sport. No, it's not fair. Sure, it's a disadvantage. I'm not going to argue with that, but I will argue that if that kid with a crackhead mother wants to change his life badly enough, Mm -hmm. He really wants to change life badly enough he's gonna find a way Mm -hmm. there's so many stories like that out there Yeah, and you can say oh, that's the exception. It's the minority. Well, of course it is Mm -hmm. Right. How many people do you know who really really have done really really hard things just because they choose to so badly? and They just want so badly. Yeah, right for me It just comes down to desire and and back to your question of how do you rewrite your brain? I think You know just it's all in the thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, what content are you consuming? Like, mm-hmm. are you choosing to consume content from, that's why we were talking about this mm-hmm. we had a good conversation off the, off the cuff there. But um, yeah. that's why I don't even watch the news mm-hmm. anymore. I mean, I, I keep in touch with what's going on, mm-hmm. but I don't really consume it because what the news is telling me first off, even though I don't believe it, that's another conversation, but yeah. like, I just, why would I adopt someone else's belief? Mm-hmm. I only have one life. Yeah. Right. And I can't control where I was born or what cards I'm dealt with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Even so, why would you? You can waste your life being bitter and resentful and blaming Republicans and mm-hmm. blaming you know whoever, filling the blank, blaming Democrats. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you can waste your life blaming someone, or you can just like why not just give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Whatever this I mean Ben Carson, right? Yeah. Grew up same thing, middle of nowhere, or excuse me, like just middle of inner city Mm -hmm. dirt poor and look at him right so it's just like you can always say talk about these stories you can always talk about the stats Mm -hmm. i mean i just think comes down to desire Mm -hmm. and i I will say that like i think there's a huge need for those kids to have mentors Mm -hmm. you know i think there's a huge need for kids to be taught in school things that aren't really taught in school Mm -hmm. like financial planning yeah no school teaches that Mm -hmm. no public high school that i've I went to two hundred different high schools and mm-hmm. I was never taught that. You know what I mean? So like yeah. just things like that, how to save, how to invest, how to budget, how to actually explore your options mm-hmm. instead of just thinking you have to go get $80,000 of student debt like we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Just I think education is just kind of broken, partly because it's government funded. And I think most things that are government funded are kind of broken because yeah. there's no competition, right? Mm-hmm. That's a different topic. But I just think, I mean – Kids need to be told they can get out of there,
0: mm-hmm. right? Is yeah. that fair to say? Yeah, I, I feel like that is very fair to say. Um, but the problem with education in that aspect is I've talked to many people about this is um, shouldn't that be going on in the home? And, it should. I mean, absolutely. But, but like it's you, not you, but I know. And it's, <laughs> like, that's, I mean, we
1: look at, I mean, we're both members of the church. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about families, mm-hmm. the importance of families, structure of families. Yeah. It even says the Proclamation of the World, second to last, I believe second to last paragraph, mm-hmm. talk about how the destruction of the family is going to bring about calamities and destruction and prophecies. And just look at it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. and again, of course, not every kid was blessed with a mom and a dad who just did all the right things, right? Mm-hmm. Of course not. Right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, you can still make your choices. And... Absolutely, there's a need for mentors mm-hmm. more than
0: ever. Yeah, I, I would agree with that because, like you said, like the, no family is perfect. There will always be some sure. family. I thought it wasn't
1: perfect, not at all.
0: Yeah, and it's the same with mine. And Like we were, we were talking before, we started recording, but um, I feel like a lot of challenges are is that when schools try and push new education mm-hmm. um, that a lot of people feel like should be taught in the home – People resist it. Like, for example, Utah does not teach a lot of sex education huh? because parents have fought it for so long because they believe that that should be taught at home.
1: Yeah, that's fair. But
0: then you also look at the statistics. Teen pregnancy in Utah is one of the highest in any of the other states. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of wonder, is that is that a causation? Um, is that a result of the lack of teaching kids in high school mm-hmm. how to properly have protected sex, even... Though that a lot of parents believe that that should just be taught at home. Yeah.
1: Um, and I don't know. I, I've never studied it, but, I mean, I, I see your point. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, if I was – if my kids were in a school district and mm-hmm. they are like, hey, we're going to have a finance class or an investing class. Yeah. I'd be like, sweet, do it. hmm You know? Because, yeah, I'm going to teach my kids that stuff. Yeah. 100%. percent hmm But I want other kids to be learning that as well. I, I wouldn't resist it. I don't understand the argument. For just stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I, just, for ex- I, I get your point. It should be taught in the home, but I, I wouldn't resist that at all.
0: Yeah. Because, well, you think about how much time is in a day, how much time are kids at school? Sure. What would it take the place of? Yeah. Um, you can substitute an economics class in place of a, um, what's that called? A PE class. For example, like my, my school actually does teach finance. That's awesome. Yeah. So we have, I mine did. yeah, um, <laughs> It comes with a drawback, though, is that our history is condensed into one semester, okay. and then our finance class is the next semester. Sure. Okay. And so, our understanding of the American government government is actually very limited from what I learned <laughs> in high school. Yeah. Most of what I've learned about the U.S. government, from particularly the Constitution mm-hmm. um, and the Declaration of Independence, has come through personal study mm-hmm. and through college education, mm-hmm. and. Um, I don't mean to rag on a lot of my classmates, but I feel like a lot of us graduated without understanding how the U.S. government actually works. Sure. And...
1: I mean, yeah, like it's always give and take, right? Actually, yeah. a discussion of what's most important. Yeah. I mean, we don't like... Hi, like, At least in my high school, right? In mm-hmm. my high schools, we weren't taught about taxes.
0: Yeah. I we on taxes. We had an bills. entire unit
1: on See, it. We, we didn't have <laughs> one, right? And so like, right. I feel like we had great... I don't even know biology mm-hmm. history. I feel like we had, it's actually fine. We had a like great history mm-hmm. programs. We had several AP history class. I took most of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, it uh, yeah, I think it took most of them. I can't remember. Yeah. But, um, I would have rather learn about something that was actually applicable and I'm not bagging on history. I actually yeah. love history. I enjoy it. But I think the point is like when you're looking at kids back to our little example with some, you know, Johnny in his little inner city home, mm-hmm. does he need to learn about Catherine the Great? Yeah. Or does he really need to learn about how she changes life?
0: Yeah. Right? I, I what's actually the like, most important? Yeah. I feel like education is a big issue of today mm-hmm. that not many people take seriously. I think a lot of people know it's an
1: issue. A lot of people just disagree on how to solve it.
0: Exactly. And I – because, I mean, you look at the two sides of the aisle. It's at the Democrats – feel like they need to have a more government-centered mm-hmm. and standardized curriculum across the entire United States. Which I see the merit in. Yeah. And yeah. because if you have a centralized curricul- curriculum, then you can determine that what is being taught in your schools are true. Right. And correct. And what is actually needed. Mm-hmm. But on the other side is that there are many situations where, like you said, an inner-city child that wants to change his situation does not need to know about Catherine the Great. Sure. But... A, um, a, on a more like economic standpoint, like that would actually be very beneficial to him or, or her, like to anyone really. Yeah. Um, because I feel like from my economics class, I felt like it was really beneficial. I know how to write sure. off taxes. Um, I
1: didn't have that. That would have been awesome.
0: We actually had a, a little competition where we had a certain amount of income we had of this project. We had to actually, um. Make like we we picked like what did we want to do in in college if we didn't know we just kind of guessed what degree would we graduate from how much would that cost and we basically had to plan out our lives Hmm. and then after we graduated assuming that taxes stay the same how much would we pay in taxes and how much could we write off and it was kind of a who can make the most and like you couldn't pick. You couldn't pick like a, oh I'm going to start my own company like a, a purely theoretical. It had to be real. Like I want to be an engineer. Okay, this is a starting salary of an engineer. It's not real about starting your own company. Well, that's the thing is that you can say oh I'm starting my company. I'm going to be making billions a day. Okay, I, it had to be. I got, you, I got you. It had to be very factually based. Sure. And so if you wanted to say oh I want to start my own business. I don't want to go to college. You had to look up. How much starting a business costs, specifically the business you want. So super realistic. Super realistic, as realistic as you can get, what car you want to drive. And then it was kind of like, um, who can make the most? And it was interesting because a lot of people did the, oh, I'm going to try and make the most money I can, but I'm going to pay the same amount of taxes as everyone else. Hmm. Meanwhile, my route was kind of, I'm going to make what I can and I'm going to live where I want. But I'm going to write off and do as much as I can to write off taxes so that I'm still providing for my community. Like to write off um, certain taxes, you need to make donations, Mm -hmm. the charitable organization. So I did that. Um, I donated and got involved with my city politics. And in order to do that, I actually wrote off a lot of my taxes. And so my paycheck looked pretty similar to what it was. And people were kind of confused. But then we learned – more about how taxes worked and write-offs. And I feel like we got a better understanding about... Where are you from again? I'm from Southern California. Gotcha. And cool. and it is, I will say, it's a, a wealthier part of the nation. And, sure. And so... People um, talk about
1: income inequality. Yeah. I mean, how many, like... Because, like, where I grew up, Spokane, mm-hmm. is pretty... I think it was pretty average on houses i Yeah. It was pretty average. You had your rich kids, your poor kids. And mm-hmm. you just I mean, it was all I knew, right? Yeah. I felt average. We weren't taught stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It would have been great. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, but so, like, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Like, I feel like that education is super needed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I like everything about standardized curriculum across the United States. I think there's yeah. problems with that as well. But, I mean, 100%, like, I think those classes are needed. I think if more kids not only had the classes, but actually, like, if they're actually, like, well-taught, they should take mm-hmm. them seriously. Yeah. I just think, and then the, then that the, there goes that choice, that element of free agency, right? Yeah. You can choose to act or be acted upon. Mm-hmm. And knowledge is power, right? So mm-hmm. if you're 17 years old, you're trying to figure out how to get out of your situation, you learn, mm-hmm. oh, I can start a business and write off taxes. Or, yeah. oh, I can go to trade trace board. I can do this or that. And you learn that. Then you have agency to act. You can mm-hmm. either act and do something hard mm-hmm. that maybe no one else in your family has done before.
0: yeah,
1: Or you can do what everyone else is doing and either go to drugs or you can do what everyone else on the other side is doing and go to college and get tons of debt and, mm-hmm. you know,
0: yeah, complain and, about it, right? And you kind of see that the victim mentality goes on both sides. Like, sure. educated people who actually try really hard to succeed in life can still develop a victim mentality because of debt and other factors. and then and they, on-
1: they, they choose to. I mean, read the second even too. Like, <laughs> like I'm serious. Like, it's all choice. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, have you ever read the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? No. Great book. So chapter one or two mm-hmm. talks about how in between a stimulus and a response mm-hmm. lies man's ability to choose. Mm-hmm. So say you just reach across the table and punch me in the face. Mm-hmm. Between that happening, so the external stimulus and my response, I have an ability to choose how to react. Mm-hmm. Before I act, I choose how to react, right? So I can either punch you back, I can run away, I can sit here and do nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And so it just goes back to kind of like what you're saying. Like, yeah, everyone has trials. Mm-hmm. It's part of life. Yeah. Like, why does God give you trials? You know, like, yeah. I mean, and even if you don't believe in God, like, just you have a trial, what are you going to do about it from a very logical mm-hmm. instance? Like, what's actually good for you? Does that make sense? Yeah, it
0: does. And I feel like um, that, I, um, because of the religious basis we have, it makes a lot of sense to me and a lot of sense to you. Honestly, like if I was atheist,
1: I mean, it's hard to say, but like mm-hmm. if I was atheist, I feel like I would still be the same way in that sense because it's like, like, what's a good example? Like say, say I'm 26 mm-hmm. and I'm an engineer mm-hmm. and I can't think of a good example, but say I'm 26, I'm an engineer and mm-hmm. something bad happens. Say I lose my job. Yeah. I don't believe in God. I'm like, crap, I lost my job. Mm -hmm. Company laid me off. I had no control over it, right? Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? Like, are you going to just complain about it and try to blame somebody else? Mm -hmm. No, dude, just go get another job. You know what I mean? Like, just go do it and don't say, oh, what if I can't get another job? No, just go get a job.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And just think about getting a job and focus on it and just cold call everyone you can until you get a job because the harder you try, you're just going to get one if you don't stop trying.
0: Yeah. You know what I, mean? I feel like that's something that a lot of people don't understand is, um, well, yeah. it's a balance. Like how much effort is too much effort?
1: Well, I mean, if it's your job and you have, you're have, you trying to pay for your family, Like, I don't think there's any too much effort. I don't think there's such a thing as too much effort, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, in that aspect, you can say like, yeah, there's no such thing as too much effort. But let's say you're someone who had lost their job because of the pandemic. Sure. No company is hiring. And you're calling as many places as you can. And like they're offering you but it's not enough to make uh, be sufficient for your needs and you try out uh, some jobs you find out you're not qualified for that or you're rejected a thousand times. after about three, four weeks of that, you're kind of done like I, I can say this because I mean when me and my wife moved here in preparation for school back in June, the pandemic was still. In full effect, mm-hmm. California, well, California is still locked down, <laughs> but like Utah was still pretty locked down. It was still, um, um, businesses were still at an all time low. The economy was low. We were struggling finding an apartment. We eventually found one. We lucked out. Sure. But then jobs, we didn't have any jobs. And for a solid month and I, I would say a month and a half, I didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what to do. Sure. Because I was worried that we wouldn't be able to pay for the apartment. I was worried I wouldn't even be able to pay next semester's tuition. And after about a couple weeks, I was just kind of like, well, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And so what did you end up doing? <laughs> I ended up grinding my teeth and calling a couple more last resorts, um, sending out my application. And it literally took another couple of weeks before I even got a call back. But
1: you got a job, right? I
0: did, but that was after a month and it was, not going to lie, it was really difficult like, oh, sure. mentally no, and yeah. emotionally. And I, I feel like yeah. a lot of people can't take that because there are some underlying well, issues like depression, anxiety that sure. people suffer and from. I,
1: I've had a history of depression, anxiety. Yeah. You know, and like I do it. I serve the mission. Mm-hmm. I sell freaking door to door. It's one of like the worst jobs for people with depression and anxiety. Yeah. And I do it. And I've been like, you know, decently successful. And like to answer your question, I guess like if it was me mm-hmm. – I mean, companies were hiring during COVID.
0: Some were. Yeah, E-commerce
1: yeah. grew three hundred percent in like two months or something crazy like that during COVID. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not. I'm not saying that you were like being overly really picky. I, I, I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm not trying to into anything like that at all. Yeah. But like, if it was me, I'd just say, okay, well, maybe I can't get the job I want right now. Mm-hmm. But who's hiring? Yeah, there's always someone hiring.
0: There, there always is, but it's it's hard finding who, right? Sure. Um, Because but I didn't say it was easy. Yeah. I mean, who said life was easy, right? Like, <laughs> Did we exactly. come here
1: for life to be easy? No.
0: Yeah. Right. It's, life is inherently difficult. And sometimes I feel like another way like the victim mentality grows is that people get in situations that are really difficult. Sure. Like not going to lie. There are some really terrible situations. I'm not discounting that at all. Exactly. exactly. I'm, not to, I'm, not,
1: I'm not trying to sound like I'm um, like an
0: unempathetic. Like, yeah. You know I, mean? I understand. Sure. <laughs> but it's, it's difficult for people to kind of get out of the mentality. And so I'm kind of wondering, what would be the solution? How do we help other people? Because like you were saying, like a lot of people, they can change their situation, but it oftentimes requires a mentor or someone who has pulled themselves out of that situation or knows how to pull someone out of that situation to do so. And so what would be the solution to help people bring themselves out of the solution? I think knowledge is power. Or out of the situation, sorry.
1: We kind of already talked about it. I mean, knowledge is power, mm-hmm. right? And especially now every kid has a smartphone. Yeah. Even like if you're a 16 year old kid and your parents can't pay rent, somehow you have a smartphone in this yeah. day and age. Right. And so like, and by the way, I'm not saying that every 16 year old kid has the logic and reasoning and developmental skills mm-hmm. and maturity to go, you know, do everything. Right. But like you can learn anything you want on the internet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can go find mentors on the internet. You can go find mentors on social media. Mm-hmm. You can find whatever you're looking for. hmm. Like if you're looking for someone, if you're on campus looking for people that just want to sit down and yak and do a podcast with you, like, yeah. you can find it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's not that hard to find. And some things are harder than others. Mm-hmm. But I guess to answer your question, like knowledge is power. Yeah. Like if I'm 16 and I'm trying to figure out how do I make money or do I Google how to make money? Mm-hmm. Or how to be successful? Yeah. Or how do I be happy? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, like I'm not trying to say again all the inter- all the information on the internet is is awesome, right? Yeah. But you're gonna find something that's gonna give lead you something else to something else. that's just the way it works mm-hmm. you know what I mean like so my um my freshman year, I had kind of like a moment where um where I ran out of money, mm-hmm. I was eighteen person living away from home. I didn't know how to manage money. Mm-hmm. I wasn't being like stupid, but I ran out, yeah. And I called my dad asking him for money, just like go buy groceries. I think I had $6, something like that in my bank account. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, dad, I need to go buy food. My dad helped me out. Yeah. Um, just because he's awesome like that. But like, I just realized in that moment, I was like, I never want to ask my parents for money. Mm-hmm. I never want to be in this situation ever again. Yeah. And I didn't know how, but I just knew I'm never going to be in this situation again. So mm-hmm. I got a job. I was making $8 an hour working at the laundry. Yeah. And so I would get up at seven forty-five in the morning, which then felt like early,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And I would go sort these clothes, and I, you know, I just I did my thing, mm-hmm. and then after a mission, kind of same thing. I didn't really have any money. I had some savings, mm-hmm. tiny bit, nothing really substantial. So I worked at a call center. I got up at four fifteen in the morning this mm-hmm. time, worked until two, mm-hmm. then two two or two thirty. I went to school <laughs> yeah. for the rest of the day and it sucked. And so like, but the fact of the matter is like, I did it. And if yeah. you want to do anything, you can do it. I never said it's going to be easy. Yeah. Never said it's going to be fun. I never said the solution's going to be right in front of you. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot of attraction. Like your thoughts determine your reality. And if you're sitting there thinking, oh man, I'm never going to, no one's hiring.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, you know, you, you know those scripts you're telling yourself, <laughs> yeah. right? Oh, no one's hiring. I'm never going to find a job or there's no way. Yeah. If you sit there and tell yourself that, are you going to go look for a job? No. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You're creating your own reality. Yeah. As you, as you think. And so that's just, are our, our kids taught all the time? No.
0: No, they're not. I think they, should,
1: they should be. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. a lot of kids, I think a lot of people are built with kind of this inner, like positive mm-hmm. sense. I actually wasn't built with that myself. I had mm-hmm. to develop it very um, intentionally. Yeah. But like, People can pull themselves out of any situation mm-hmm. if you just are willing to think. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Like
0: as I'm like thinking about it, is um, because it, it, it is a very difficult thing to teach. That's why motivational sure. speakers have such a wide market. Yeah, is make, because they make fun of them. Yeah,
1: They're they like, really do. They make fun of Tony Robbins telling mm-hmm. people to change their state mm-hmm. and telling them to control their thoughts. It's like, dude, what if you didn't make fun of it and actually listened to what he was saying and just tried it?
0: Yeah, and I feel like the reason why a lot of people make fun of it is because actually I joke around about a lot of motivational speakers. I do too, honestly, which is ironic because I listen to a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like I, I I I listen to a different kind of motivational speakers where they're very intellectual sure. and they're not so much, get out there and do what you do. Like I, I'm not that kind yeah, of motivational. Yeah, yeah, I, I make fun of those guys, but, but I'm more of to? a – do you know Michael uh, – what's his name? Jordan Peterson? Uh-huh. He's not so much a motivational speaker as he is an intellectual speaker. Mm-hmm. But his entire platform is based on humans have the inherent responsibility and ability to be better. Right, And he focuses a lot on recognizing um, recognizing shortcomings while having optimism of moving forward. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of the basis of a lot of his lectures. But I feel like... Why I bring this up is because different motivations um, resonate differently with different people. It's like we're all different. We yeah, all respond.
1: things, right?
0: Yeah. And so it's kind of, if we did teach that in schools, would it even be accepted? Because, I mean, as much as budgeting and tax planning was taught in my school, I feel like I'm not a very good budgeter. I'm not either. And so is it, a, is it something that can be taught or is it something that people kind of just have to stumble into. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, it's knowledge is power. It mm-hmm. gives that choice. Yeah. Right, look, I don't care if you choose, like, to just go into tons of debt mm-hmm. and just live your life doing this or that. I honestly don't care. It's your choice. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Yeah. But my only thing is, don't come blame someone else because mm-hmm. you made that choice. Yeah. You know, it's not fun to budget. I hate it. I hate budget. <laughs> I, I don't budget. I should. I need to. Yeah. Right? But like it's not fun to budget. It's not fun to work hard. It's not fun to take risks. Mm-hmm. But then if you're choosing not to do those things, that's fine. Yeah. But again, don't go blame. I guess I, just, I hear so much just around me yeah. lately. Maybe I'm just like overly triggered. But <laughs> don't, don't, go, don't go tell your politicians to take more out of my taxes so mm-hmm. you can get your debts forgiven. Yeah. Because you made that choice. Mm-hmm. I made my choice. Does that make sense? That didn't answer yeah. your question sufficiently. Yeah, I I, more to it.
0: I feel like, well, there's there's many layers to that question. I sure. feel like you did um, hit a, an important part. Is that education is different, but it comes down to choice. Yeah, everyone's going to choose something different. Like, yeah. you know, on your mission,
1: how many people do you teach the gospel to, mm-hmm. and versus the ratio of how many accept it. Yeah, pretty small. Yeah, right. And so, like, it's just like that. You just, but you as a missionary, you're not there to force people to be baptized. Mm-hmm. You start giving a choice. Just yeah, let them know there's their sort of gospel and they can choose. Yeah, that's why I see it.
0: And I I feel like it's very true is that we're faced with a lot of choices in our lives, but it's yeah. really hard to see the positive choices that will move us forward. Sure. When we're in a situation where we're kind of blinded, mm-hmm. um, because personally I've had a lot of friends that have um, who have have families who have moved from poverty up into wealth, mm-hmm. and it's through hard work and dedication, mm-hmm. and like. Um, I mean, my family is no exception because they, uh, my ancestors moved fairly recently to the United States in um, um, late 1800s, early 1900s. Cool. Um, Where and from? Then, um, mainly, it was Croatia, Slovakia, and England. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, and so they, they pilgrim... They left for many reasons. Some left for religious freedom. Some left because of oppression in their current countries and some left because they just thought America was better. Mm -hmm. And so in moving, they also were hit by the Great Depression. And that was a large external circumstance that ruined a lot of families. Mm -hmm. But then from the Great Depression and great, um, basically depression, they've moved up to where they are now. And it wasn't an immediate thing. It was a process. It was hard work. And I feel like that, Culture of hard work is very ingrained in my family, but it's not so much in other families. Mm. And it's kind of difficult because like you were saying, it's, it's, it's all about choice. But it's difficult to tell a kid that he can change his circumstances when his entire circumstances was not his choice. Yeah. And so he's, he's kind of looking at the hand he's dealt. He's like, I can't do anything with this. But then someone tells, oh, you can do something with that. And he's looking and he's like, oh, no, I can't. <laughs> it's it's difficult to kind of.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a choice to, to, to think positively. Yeah. And even like what you want, your own desires mm-hmm. are, I believe, twinks and a choice. Yeah. Just in the sense of like, like, you know, I'll give you an example. Everyone wants to be rich. Yeah. happy, and quote unquote successful, whatever successful means to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Everyone just like on a service level. Right. Yeah. But how many, so many people want it more badly than others. Yeah. Some people don't want to be rich. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Like for me, being rich isn't really the most important thing in my life. Like at mm-hmm. all, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then like for some, I have friends that are just really, really like just goal driven, obsessed with it, which is great. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? so it, again, like I think the kids that really want to break themselves out do really, like really they really do mm-hmm. like my dad, you know, my family, it's like same thing. My, both my parents grew up really poor. Mm-hmm. really poor my dad clawed himself out of it yeah you know and he has his own story and stuff like that so like it's just the kids that want to get out of it people i should say want to get out of it mm-hmm. they do mm-hmm. Th- that's not that's not like a that's not like a conditional or like yeah spiritual things like they do if you want to <laughs> that's kind of cliche like <laughs> if you want to succeed as badly as you want to breathe yeah so like if you're drowning under the water Mm-hmm. And you're like you just want to breathe, like <laughs> you're either gonna find a way to get your head to the top and breathe, or you're gonna die trying. Yeah, just like that. Mm-hmm. Does that does that make make sense? I, I'm kind <laughs> of beating a dead horse. No, but it, but it's like, you know, I understand what you're saying. So a kid's, you know, mentors telling kid, mm-hmm. you can grab it, you can grab it. He's saying, well, what the heck? I I look what I have. Yeah, I don't have anything. You know, what if the kid instead asks how? Mm-hmm. Okay, like. It, it, it's an indication of desire, right? Yeah. Hey, you can get out of this. You can be a billionaire.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Wait, no. And then one person says no, the other person says, really? How? Mm-hmm. So I know that makes a difference. And then like, as, can, does a 16-year-old have free agency? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, everyone has free agency. Everyone has yeah. choices. Otherwise, mm-hmm. like, we don't have choices what's the point of life. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I'm passionate about it. It's just, I just think, and like I have certain people in my life right now, like really good friends of mine who are really pushing me to just overcome weaknesses and mm-hmm. be a better version of myself mm-hmm. and make choices that are hard for me to make Yeah, consistently. And it's awesome because without them pushing me, you know, I like to say, oh, I would have chosen these things anyway, but without mm-hmm. them, but them pushing me helps. So mentors help. For sure. Yeah. So I'm not going to argue that fact. Yeah. And I'm not going to argue the fact that, oh, a kid that's growing up in a rich white home has the same opportunities as a kid that's grown up in the middle of trash. Right? Yeah. I'm not going to say that's the same. It's not. Yeah. But isn't the point of America to give everyone equal opportunity? Mm-hmm. And so the more we're pushing the narrative that you don't – the more – because what I feel like is happening is me and society is telling these kids in interstate communities – Hey, guess what? You're actually, uh, you don't have any opportunities. Yeah. Why are you telling that kid that? Why don't you just tell him, hey, you can get out of this? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Why are you pushing that narrative? And like I said, those mental scripts that Mm -hmm. determine your life, why are you giving that kid more and more negative information? Mm -hmm. You're just dooming him to failure. Yeah. Like you're literally ruining his life. And so... Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. And I feel like that is something that um, a lot of media is pushing is that you don't have a lot of control of your situation. Yeah. And I, I would say in some evidences, in some circumstances, that's true. You don't have control. Of yeah. Your and like, yeah, like if a border falls on your legs and breaks yeah. your legs, you can't walk. Like, uh, yeah, I get that.
1: Yeah. And but that's, you can still get a wheelchair. Yeah. And I, <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? You can. Yeah. But I, I do feel like people who are dealt bad hands are often told that they can't succeed. And, um, exactly. And I feel like it kind of dooms people for for failure. And I feel like, like you said, America is not that way. I feel like, well, it's, it's my own personal view that if you tell someone that they're amazing, they will be amazing. Yeah. If you tell someone they're bad, they will be bad. Oh yeah. And so, and I've seen it in my own personal life. I have, I have literally, I've known people who have been rude, terrible people and I've treated them as such. And I, I literally, I saw them as rude and terrible. Oh, yeah. And then I came home one day and I'm like, mom, this person's terrible to me. They're so mean. I don't like them. And my mom says, well, that's because you think they are. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's because that's how they actually are. And she's yeah. like, no, like you can influence someone by believing that they can be better and treating them as such. Exactly. And I literally went to school. I, I tried for a long time. Believing that this person was amazing and that he was destined for greatness. And I treated him as such and I began being nicer and um, it changed him into being a much greater person. Like I look at him now and he's an amazing person. He's a great friend of mine. And that's not just one example. I have have many. And it, I mean, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, saying that I'm amazing. <laughs>
1: it's all because of you. Right? Yeah,
0: no, it's 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 really down to the person. But if you treat someone as as they are lesser, they will see themselves as lesser. But if you treat them as equal or even greater, they will turn out to be so. And so I feel like I, I try in in my life to treat people as equal and as great and yeah. value other people's opinions. Yeah. I, I I try to as well. I, I, yeah. work, on it. I it, work on it. It's not always perfect. like I, I, I have shortcomings, and you have shortcomings as well. I'm I sure. definitely
1: value people's opinions. Mm-hmm. I genuinely do. yeah, like that like the way that I like to talk about pains and beliefs is I just like to be very upfront, and mm-hmm. I guess some people are just more sensitive, yeah, which is I just I need to be more I'm genuinely working on being more sensitive. yeah. so I mean, how we got on this topic?
0: <laughs> uh, it's it's like I said, like we always end up a lot no, which a is little bit farther, but that.
1: that's why ninety percent like, of the conversations are like,
0: <laughs> so fine. But it does relate to the original victimhood, is that is if we treat people as victims, then they will see themselves as victims. But yeah. if we treat people as successors and people who are um, who are destined for greatness, then they will end up being great. Yeah, and
1: I mean a lot of it is their personal choice. Yeah, that it, it, it is true. Hundred percent gives them a leg up. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's like Jesus Christ. I mm. mean, I always bring things back to spiritual. <laughs> so that's yeah. too spiritual. But um, I mean, like Jesus knows us. The Pharisee probably knows us perfectly, mm-hmm. right? And he looks at us and he sees the good and he wants us to. be. he, he doesn't. Jesus doesn't want us to stay the same. If we stay mm-hmm. the same, there's no point of the atonement. Yeah. Or anything. Mm-hmm. Right. He's not just to say the same. He's telling us, "Hey, look, like follow me, repent, do better, because you can do better." Yeah. Right. And then, mm-hmm. I just think I said there's a term principle. You can do better.
0: Yeah, and I feel like that that is true for most of Christianity and in most religions, and I feel like even outside of religion. I feel like um, I have a good friend who's atheist, and he's told me, "It's like I don't need a god to tell me to be better. I am my own. I am in charge of myself, and I." Um, he basically says, like, you only live once. You have to do the best you can in this life, mm-hmm. and I feel like most people do want to improve their circumstances.
1: I think most people do.
0: Yeah, but it's it's kind of a difficult way of how how like you said how do one how does one improve their circumstances? What do you do? You, do you want to believe
1: that? Like, <laughs> a lot, a lot of, like a lot of times, it's like I'll do anything it takes, Accept that. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. I'll do anything it takes. To get out of debt, except Mm -hmm. save money. Yeah. That's the hard thing. Yeah. I'll I'll do anything it takes to start this business, Mm -hmm. except go out and cold call hundreds of people. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? Like, there's my guy that I work with. I love that he says this because it's just something I need to hear all the time. Mm -hmm. But it's like, there's people that are willing to work hard and people that are willing to do whatever it takes. Yeah. Huge difference. Mm -hmm. Right? So people that are willing to do whatever it takes they're going to succeed because they're literally going to do whatever it takes. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: yeah. And I feel like um, that's something that is rarely taught and it's very diffu- it difficult to develop. It should be taught. It, I feel like it should and I, it's, but it's difficult getting that um, into schools and into homes because yeah. um, I, I feel agree. like a lot of people are seen as lesser and treated as such. and
1: Yeah, and it's like the fault isn't Sorry, I keep interrupting you. No, no, go (laughs) ahead. go ahead. But it's like the fault isn't, you know, those kids in the inner city communities. Mm -hmm. The fault is with the people that are actively like, we've always taught biology and about mitochondria Mm -hmm. in our schools. We're not going to drop that and teach kids about personal finance. It's like, how ridiculous an idea is that? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we're not going to teach kids this thing just because how we've always done it. No, teach kids how to change their lives. Yeah. I mean,
0: I feel like the argument to that would be though is, um, Mike is important, I mean, yeah. <laughs>
1: that was the first thing I thought of, like,
0: yeah. But it's, it's, um, what do we sacrifice in place of teaching kids how to change their circumstance? Yeah. Um, but I feel like, um, uh, our world has shifted in order, like, they shifted in mindset to where they believe that early specialization is the key to success, which I can argue, which I, I personally believe is not true. My I mean, dad is. Either. He's, he's an English major cool. who then transferred to business mm-hmm. after having a pretty clear path to becoming a lawyer. Cool. And so you look at that path and you're like, wait, but he's <laughs> successful over here, but he started over here. For yeah. me, I want, I'm, I'm studying engineering, but eventually my path is going to be business. Nice. My dad's a
1: Spanish major, so that's fine. Yeah, and
0: so it's, same thing. it's a lot of different things where usually paths aren't so clear cut, but people are led to believe they are. And so, I mean, I was told in high school that I would be um, a STEM major, which I ended up becoming. Nice. But I've always felt like I've had a great interest in the English language and in Chinese. Cool. And so... Um, that was before you went to Taiwan? Yeah, so I, I studied nice. Mandarin for four years in high school. Oh, cool. Yeah, because I, I I had this desire to be involved in business, but I had everyone telling me that I would be better in STEM. Hmm. And so I was, like, wondering, like... Okay, like, what do I do? And then it wasn't until later when I could realize I could do both. <laughs> yeah. I can do what I was good at and then transfer over into what I wanted to do. Yeah. And so I, as much as I enjoy engineering and as good as, well, good. Good is a relative term for engineering. You can't be good at it. It's, you're just huh. faster at calculating do your numbers. math. And exactly. <laughs> and as, as much as I'm, I excel at mathematics I I don't say that I'm dreaming about math all the time. But I do dream of innovation and sure. put moving society forward into um, clean energy, into better technology, uh, into faster innovations. And I feel like that is something I'm very passionate about. And so I see engineering more as a stepping stone rather than an end goal. Sure, so you're doing what it takes. Yeah.
1: I mean, in your mind, engineering's like a rung on the ladder, right? Yeah. And, you got and so like... You know, whether it is risen is irrelevant, but like mm-hmm. you're using that as a stepping stone, get to where it is, you're doing what it takes. Yeah. Right? And you should go an entrepreneurial. Go into that'd be awesome.
0: That's actually that's kind of my goal is uh entrepreneurship and venture capitalism. Oh cool. Um because, actually
1: ever since I was fifteen my life goal was been to well, a venture capital firm.
0: Yeah. So no, I I, mean, I got you, man. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like that's um what it boils down to is that do people even have a plan? And like, I don't have a plan. I have goals and benchmarks. Yeah. But I feel like that was taught through my parents and not at school. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a balance between what should be taught at school and what should be taught at home. Yeah. When do we step in when it's not taught at home or when yeah. do we step in when it's not taught at school? Sure. And so, no, it's
1: definitely, a, like, I see where you're coming from.
0: Yeah. Sure. But like you said, like the internet is such a comprehensive compilation of so much information that, um, that a lot of people have access to. Mm-hmm. I mean, the internet's free. I'm just saying, like, I'm using that example just to illustrate like
1: nowhere, at no time in someone's life is there ever not a way out.
0: Yeah. Right. It's just, the, the, how do you find that way out? Yeah. <laughs> and um, I feel like that should be a topic for another day because we're kind of reaching the I, I
1: could talk all day. <laughs> yeah. So this is up to you. whenever you want to pull the blog I yeah. usually
0: call it at about an hour because... Oh, sweet. Okay, cool. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like we brought up a lot of good points is that no one is truly ever at a point of no return. Yeah. But it's very difficult to find the way out and it's finding that way out is that is crucial to later sure. success. It's fair say. And I don't know. Do you have any final thoughts on what you want to share? Or? Dude, I mean, I'm on
1: Adderall right now, so like, <laughs> I, think I could talk all day, but, um, yeah, I think this is good.
0: We should do more of these. For sure. Honestly. I, draw, draw everything. <laughs> I love just yakking. It's fun. It is. And I feel like, I mean, that's why I started the podcast. I I literally, I end every podcast with this. I started this podcast because people deserve open discussion of ideas. Sure. And they deserve to hear a different view. I hear different views. I do. Honestly. Yeah. And so it's just a part of being a little vulnerable and talking sure. about it and yeah. having your points prodded a yeah. little bit. I like that. Um, but honestly it, it is, it is a, it is a journey. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're a stud, man. I think it's awesome. You're doing it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's my pleasure. It takes no time. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Other Side of the Table. Feel free to leave a comment, a review, and by all means, if you are interested in ever talking about any of the current issues, reach out to me at Other Side of the Table PC at gmail.com. We'll be happy to find a time to meet. And invite your friends.